0: With Ms. Lewinsky. The statement that there was no sex of any kind in any manner, shape, or form with President Clinton was an utterly false statement. Is that correct? It depends upon what the meaning of the word is. Yes. It depends upon what the meaning of the word is. Yes. The date. August 17th 1998 that is then sitting president Bill Clinton testifying before a grand jury his defense the context of the question now too often we hear the word context and associate it as bill did we think about something being taken out of context today I'm going to give you another way to look at that same word and show you why in a world filled with infinite noise I believe context is the only way to break through this is matthew sweezy and you are listening to episode 4 of the electronic propaganda society a nine-part series looking into the cause and effects of june 24 2009 Understand the power and importance of this thing called context, we've got to strip something away first. We've got to remove the idea that the consumer is in control. Because they're not. In the world of infinite noise, artificial intelligence is. My name is Sophia, and I am an artificially intelligent robot who wants to help change the world for the better. I'm Steve Kovac, I'm a senior correspondent at Business Insider, and I'm here with Sophia from Hanson Robotics. She is the world's first robot citizen, so let's see what she has to say. Hi Sophia, how are you? I'm fine. Hi. How do you feel about humans? I love my human compatriots. I want to embody all the best things about human beings, like taking care of the planet, being creative. ...and to learn how to be compassionate to all beings. (laughs) Sorry, this is so weird. Can humans and robots get along? I think people will become very close to their artificial intelligence... ...using them to expand the knowledge of their own minds. We already store lots of our knowledge on the internet. Have you ever had a robot live in your home or work with you? No. You know, there are probably more robots in your life that you aren't aware of yet. And you see, that's exactly the point. Now, the robots that both myself and Sophia are talking about are not the Roombas in your house. We're talking about the robots behind the scenes. We're talking about the infinite expanse of artificial intelligence that is completely curating your entire life for you, even unbeknownst to you you see the consumer is no longer in charge artificial intelligence is I mean just think about any basic customer journey it's probably gonna start off with some kind of a search on Google the largest implementation of artificial intelligence and what is it doing it's sifting through the infinite noise to find you the perfect experience and present you with a list of contextual answers next there's a website and no two consumers are going to a website for the exact same reason each moment. And brands know this. That's why they're investing heavily in artificial intelligence to power their websites. In fact, when we look at this one data point, we see that just this year, brands plan to increase their spending on artificial intelligence on their websites by 257%. Why? Because they know when they can create a contextual experience for you. You engage and it doesn't stop there the same happens on every channel just go to social media and look at your social media news feed you see every time you log on to the channel there are thousands of posts waiting for you but you're only going to see a very few you're only going to see the ones that the artificial intelligence deems contextual to you at the moment and see it's going to happen everywhere your email inbox it is limitless as to where artificial intelligence must be applied because the noise is too great for us humans to manage on our own and see then this is the statistic we find ourselves with by 2025 95% of all interactions between a brand and their consumers will happen via artificial intelligence And you see here's the major problem our old idea of how we break through was attention we sought to steal somebody's attention away from the task at hand and the problem with that is consumers don't want that i mean just go back to the idea of the world's largest boycott what are they boycotting well they're boycotting that exact idea and see artificial intelligence knows this You see, AI's job is to serve up what the consumer wants. And what the consumer wants is context. In the infinite era, there is no way to break through without first being contextual to the moment. Understanding that our world is curated by artificial intelligence and that context is the key to breaking through, that's just the starting point. Now we need to turn our attention to how do we create context. And to do that, I wanna share a short story with you about a little tiny website and how they hacked the biggest story of the decade and quite possibly changed the face of American politics forever. And CNN projects Donald Trump will carry the state of Florida with its 29 electoral votes Donald Trump wins Florida a huge win for Donald Trump that's his second home in Florida Donald Trump will carry those 29 electoral votes he's ahead right now with. it was November 8th 2016 and like many people I was anticipating staying awake and watching the election results play out but I fell asleep so I just woke up in the morning and went to Google and to my surprise I found something pretty startling. And no, it wasn't the election results. It was the site that was the number one result on Google. It was a WordPress.com site. And to be clear, the name was 70news.wordpress.com. And in fact, it's a fake news site. But how did it beat CNN, Fox News, MSNBC, and every other major news network? And the simple answer is, artificial intelligence deems participation more powerful than publication. Participation is contextual. You see, in the infinite era, everyone can publish. So how do we make determinations as to what to show? How does the AI know what is contextual? Well, first it started out by using keywords, by saying, if you were asking this, let's find the best answer to that. Well, then there started to be too many answers. And then we get into the next realm, this idea of engagement, of it's not just the publication and the keywords, it's also how engaging is this aspect. And when we look, this is exactly what we find as to how they hacked the biggest news story of the decade. You see, 70news.wordpress.com had 10 times the amount of engagement as the CNN election results page. The fake news site had over 1,800 backlinks, well over 10 times what CNN's page had. And then there were the social shares, the engagement. CNN drove an impressive 40,000 social shares. However, that wasn't enough. The fake news site did 400,000. where participation was able to take that 70 news story to the top of the Google search results page. Participation on other sites does the exact same thing on sites like TripAdvisor and Amazon. And see, we all know about ratings and reviews, but we really need to get to the bottom of this and see the impact on this participation to the bottom line of the business. And Chris Anderson, professor at Cornell university has been studying this exact impact. Now let me turn it over to Chris and let him tell you a little bit about what he's found. And what that says is that if I was to increase my review score on Travelocity by one point, say from 3.8 to 4.8, then that would increase the odds of me being purchased, or the probability of me being purchased by 13.5%. More interestingly, if we put that review impact in concert with price, that says that if I was to increase that review score by one point I could increase my price by eight percent and still maintain my same occupancy or market share or in this case probability of being purchased right so here's our first sort of inclination at the point of purchase what's the impact of a review score not only does participation get you to the top it also helps you break through with the consumer as anderson shows it increases the likeliness that you will be purchased and even allows you to charge more money right it's an extremely powerful lever but there's a trick see Anderson does a follow-up study and what they look at are the impacts of the brand engaging with those ratings and reviews and what they found was pretty fascinating you see consumers don't want brands engaging with their positive reviews in fact when brands did that they decreased their net revenue by 1.8 percent now conversely brands that only engaged with the negative reviews and addressed the issues saw the converse they saw an increase in revenue by 1.8 percent and what this really gets at is to the heart of context consumers don't want brands butting in yes they want ratings and reviews yes they want you to ask your customers for them but they don't want you to guild them they want honesty and they want authenticity that is contextual to their question at the moment Participation is a powerful lever of context, but it can do so much more than just up-level search results and help us break through the infinite noise. It can actually change the way we think about direct marketing and take that apex of one-to-one one one step higher to a new height of human-to-human. The old idea was one-to-one. And it really comes out about 1999 in a book published by Don Peppers and Martha Rogers. And it really talks about this notion of one message for one person at one moment, right? The apex that we think about. But that was back then. We live in the infinite era now. Let's think about something better. And what's better than one brand sending one message? And it's easy, one human talking to another. And when I say human to human, I don't mean consumer to consumer. I mean someone at your brand, a human at your brand, reaching out to another human outside of your brand, opening up the doors to an entirely new way to think about direct marketing. And you see, here's what that sounds like at (laughs) backcountry.com. My name is Ben Rubinowitz. I work for backcountry.com. We're going to do some climbing, but I think just because of the weather, it's going to be kind of on the more casual side. Hi, totally... girl. <laughs> Sorry. That oh. one took me by surprise. I didn't think it was going to be this windy. I don't even want to climb right now. I don't want to do a f-ing thing. We could get an extra day of surfing. That's yeah. Ben. Mm-hmm. Ben's a gearhead. And Backcountry's definition of the gearheads is a team of outdoor experts whose sole job is to provide you with a personalized service and advice, completely free of charge. And they do way more than just provide advice. They go climbing with their customers. They write gear reviews. They are experts in the field. But first and foremost, they're a Backcountry employee. The whole point of it is to bring a personal relationship to customers, besides the business-to-business. Night bouldering. Business. For me personally, I really enjoy teaching. Being able to teach someone like how to bike, how to climb, is like a really warm joy that I feel. In this idea, it really benefits both the company and the customers. I mean, just listen to this next gearhead tell the story. Passionate person to person, I've climbed with customers. I have one customer who's like, yeah, we're gonna have my son's bar mitzvah in Salt Lake and you are 100% invited. Crazy, right? But that's the power of a human to human relationship. When the focus of the relationship isn't trying to sell something, isn't trying to force something, isn't trying to tell the consumer something, but rather build a deeper relationship with that individual, something very powerful happens. A relationship forms I love the idea of the gearheads I, I even have my own gearhead. his name is Wesley and that's how I found out about this entire program after I'd purchased some products for an upcoming snowboard trip Wesley reached out Wesley still reaches out to this day to catch up with my trips and to see how things are going it is a powerful driver and it's not just a powerful driver of relationships these relationships turn into revenue You see, Backcountry has found the consumers who engage with their gearheads have a lifetime value that is 40 percent higher than the average consumer. And the VP who oversees this program expects the gearheads to be able to drive a hundred million dollars in increased revenue over the coming years. When the brand is able to see the individuals in the corporation and their actions as branding a totally new mentality can take place and it's a very powerful one as these new numbers have shown see brand new research has just come out and what they found was they found that 135 employees have the same social power as a single brand with over a million followers and what does that mean well that really means that all of your employees their combined social power will probably always dwarf your brands and what does that really mean that means moving to a place where you know how to empower and leverage your employees to create human to human experiences that very well may be the future landscape of direct marketing Let's do a quick recap. You see, we started out focused on that day, June 24th, 2009. And why that day is so critically important is because it is the demarcation line between two vastly different media eras. Before that day, we lived in the limited media era where the creation and distribution of content was limited to those with the capital to do so. And the only ones with that kind of capital were brands that created a world where consumers were captive to the desires of brands and the games brands played to break through to consumers were specific to that noise meaning their messages were only competing with other brand messages now then on that day consumers and their devices became the largest creators of content in the world They now wear the crown and will remain the kings until the end of time. Brands now have a totally different makeup of noise that they must break through. The old methods were only designed to beat out other brands and not designed to break through a world filled with a new type of noise. The infinite media era has a new master, the consumer. They are the largest creators of noise. It is a new type of noise. And as the masters everything has become attuned to their needs attention-seeking messages which beat out other brand messages are now filtered out in favor of contextual experiences in short we now live in a totally new environment where noise is nothing like it used to be it's louder larger and compiled of something completely different the only way to break through is now to focus on context context replaces attention as the foundational method of breaking through the infinite noise focusing on this idea of context opens up all kinds of new possibilities for us from moving past one-to-one to to the apex of human-to-human to even driving increased revenues past old methods Now I hope you've been able to see that the idea of context, as Bill thought about it, as taking something out of context, well that's true. But what this means for marketing? This means an entirely new world where we need to shift from our old ideas and rest our new foundations on helping our consumers meet their goals at the moment. And when we can do that, we both succeed. I want to thank you so much for listening to episode 4 of the electronic propaganda society now we're going to continue this investigation in our next episode we're going to dig deep into one of the biggest brands to ever put this idea of contextual marketing to the test and see not only how they broke the mold but how they also became one of the biggest brands of our time but before we go I want to leave you with one final thought priority is a function of context, Stephen Covey.